Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're ticking off the poetry collection box for the 2021 Reading Challenge. Look, two weeks in a row, you get to kick off, click, click, tick off, whatever. <laughs> you get to check, check. something. However, um, however you need to do it. Uh, but first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm reading a book that's so scary. It, I could not sleep last night because I kept thinking about it. Tell me more. Yeah. Well, it combines a couple of our loves, science fiction and fear. Uh, it is called The Luminous Dead by Caitlin Starling. Oh, you know, wicked funny because that is, every time I see that, I'm like, man, that is a book that I'm so surprised that neither Bria or I, I have read. We really need to read this book. Reading and I it. like always freaking, always forget it. I'm reading it right now. Um, it is about, okay, so it is, well, I keep describing it like The Descent, the movie, but that is a movie and not a book. But um, uh, basically it's like The Descent meets gravity. But it's this woman who is alone in this sort of like science fictional suit uh, in a cave. Not a suit like a tuxedo, a suit like a, like ah! a, like a flight She's suit. She's looking dapper as fuck in this cave. Like, like a, like a, you know, like a space suit or something. Um, and, um, she's talking, she's, she's a caver and the whole thing is, uh, She's down there, in theory, like, mapping mineral deposits, and she's alone, and it's very difficult to do. Like, you do, like, one or two of these things, and you make so much money, you're able to, like, leave your shitty planet that you live on. Uh, (laughs) And um, she's down there, and she starts to realize things are kind of not what she thinks they are. Um, And she's talking to, she has, like, a person that she talks to the whole time who, like, is like, oh, go left here, or oh, the the next box with all of your supplies is is coming up. You know, like... I mean, she ha- and, and the suit is, like, very advanced. It's, like, literally, like, um, plugged into, like, her circulation system and her uh, uh, her bowels. I mean, it's plugged into, like, her stomach. And so she, like, just hooks up, like, a little thing and screws it in and it feeds her. She doesn't have a- actually have to take off the suit. Um, oh, that's my dream. Yeah, yeah, you'd love it. I, um, except that it's, <laughs> listen, if you're claustrophobic, you can't read this. If you're, it's, it's what, it's a survival book is what it ends up being. And of course there's secrets that the person who she's talking to has, there's secrets that she has, which are quickly revealed. And that's that she lied and said she was far more advanced than she actually is. And what she finds out is basically a lot of people have died. Far too many have died on this expedition. And now she's down here trying to survive. Um, And it's just really well written and it's, so scary. I don't know why. Like, I just, I'm not in a cave. I don't think I have to, like, worry about running out of oxygen. But for some reason, I could not sleep last night. So I have to finish this book today because I'm too disturbed by it. Um, uh, What are you reading, Mallory? I am listening to the audiobook. It's called Carrie by Tony Jensen. It came out last year. Uh, and it is a nonfiction memoir about basically what it's like to be an indigenous woman in America. And it's told through all these different moments in her life where she is coming up against and like interacting with gun violence. So like not a feel good book, not a, not a book uh, that's easy to read, but it's very, very well written. Um, And it's just, it's just wonderful. It's uh, I'm really glad that I'm reading it. Um, Especially, you know, there's a lot going on uh, in the, in our country right now with gun violence. We just saw this like horrible domestic terrorist attack on our Capitol. Uh, So it's on a lot of people's minds. Um, And obviously this book came out last year, Uh, but it is, uh, I think it's really topical and it's, it's fantastic. So that's Carrie by Tony Jensen. And mine is The Luminous Dead by Caitlin Starling. 
So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Uh, Diane wrote in with a chocolate recommendation for Keep Priya. Them I think we- coming. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should um, come up with some sort of like chocolate wrapper being like yeah, crunch, crunch, choo uh, uh, choo. I don't. Like, that sounds like the chocolate train. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is Bria is the conductor of. <laughs> um, Diane says, I listen to your show every week. It's one of the few I've been able to enjoy in 2020, and I find a great deal of solace in your down-to-earth, reverent, kind, intelligent takes on books, snacks, bourbon, and more. This, this is like a blurb for our show. We should, put the, we should, put, we should replace our iTunes summary with this. This is amazing. Uh, Mallory, I read the audiobook version of Lady from the Black Lagoon last year, and not only did I love the book, but I also enjoyed your narration, a job that I think is much harder than some conceive. Thank you, Diane. You are absolutely fucking correct. It was very difficult to record the audiobook, but I really appreciate uh, your words. Uh, and Bria, I got the library. Uh, I got the public library where I work, Timberland Regional in Washington State, to purchase Mary, yeah. and then I got to be the first reader to devour wow, it. Wow, y'all, get um, those libraries to order my book. That's so exciting to see it. Someone tagged me ugh. in another library. Uh, uh, book. Uh, they're like, "Oh, my library! I got my library to order this." And I'm like, "Yes, that's great. This is a perfect book for a library." Oh, amazing. Um, but Diane says, I want to share my favorite chocolate with you. It's called Choco Raw. It used to be sold at my local food cooperative. And when they stopped carrying it, I started ordering it direct in uh, number one jars. It's made by a small company called Bright Earth in Ashland, Oregon, uh, which means that unfortunately, is it unfortunate? I'm not sure. It's not available through Amazon. More unfortunately, I'm not under, not able to send you a sample, mostly because it's kind of pricey and I work at a public library. Listen, <laughs> Diane, you, don't, don't you work at a public food. library. You are a superhero. You don't need to do anymore. Um, but I just want to give you a heads up. If you ever see this product in the store and if you like chocolate that has funky ingredients in it, like mushrooms and cayenne pepper, I encourage you to give it a try. Listen, I immediately went uh, <laughs> and, uh, oh, I thought they were out. Oh, <laughs> they're out of the eight ounces. They do have a one pound, a one pounder I could order. I I guess I could just order this one pounder, uh, one pound of- You know that you'll eat a pound of chocolate. I mean, not a not a problem. Um <laughs> Not a problem. Don't don't tempt me with a good time. Although it says, um, <laughs> unfortunately, it's subject to melting, so it will not ship to me right now. Weirdly, I could ship something else for them from them, and it is um, they have. You send it to your mom. I could. Uh, they have cases of um, dairy free. Some sort of like bars, but they're eighty dollars because you get twenty four per case. Which I was like, maybe oh my God. I don't know. I could try it out here, but um, maybe I'll a just Bria wait. sized hunk of chocolate. I think I might just wait to do the ones she recommended uh, when it cools down a little bit. The the intricacies of chocolate shipping yeah, is very it, interesting to me. It's a problem with um. There's certain chocolate companies that won't ship during the summer. It's fair because if it melts, you're like, ugh, and it's not, it's like, it gets all the white stuff around it. Anyway, I very much appreciate this, Diane. Um, and I'll look for it. Maybe they saw it like at my local grocery store somehow or something. Um, Emily wrote in and said, I'm a public librarian and absolutely love that you promote public library resources, both physical and digital. Libraries are such an important part of our society and hearing all the amazing stories about your library experiences fills me with unbridled joy. You're welcome. Uh, you know, we, we, uh- Bria and I are like number one fans of libraries. It's true. It's true. Without further ado, uh, Emily sent in her wheelhouse. Uh, Strong female leads who are witches, 
psychics slash clairvoyance, fairies, vampires, sla- vampires, shape shifters slash kitsuin. What is this word? Uh, it's, uh, it's a Japanese myth about women who turn into foxes. Oh, great. Am I saying it right? I think so. Okay. Uh, still on the same thing, strong female leads who are ghosts, dragons, or any combination therein. Uh, she also enjoys LGBTQIA+, books about magical librarians and li- libraries. We could have guessed that. Uh, complex m- magical systems, BL, that's boys love manga. What? Um, also, uh, Dojinshi. Mallory, you gave me the one with the hard to pronounce stuff. Uh, that's uh, I'm sorry. Uh, manga fanfic uh, for your OTP. What's OTP? So I don't know. We need we need cliff notes for this for this for this wheelhouse. This is stuff that's outside ah. of our wheelhouse, but we are so interested. Uh, so that is uh, manga fanfic for your OTP. OTP stands for one true pairing. It's a term uh, that signifies a person's favorite fictional romantic relationship. That's just Bria and chocolate. <laughs> uh, fantasy bonus if there's a love triangle. Greek slash Roman slash Norse myth, magical realism, Japanese folklore, and fractured fairy tales. Yeah, this sounds like a glasser for sure. <laughs> sounds like a glasser to me. Uh, I just want to put quick bookmark for me. I just want to thank all the wonderful folks who uh, pre-ordered and ordered um, the Lady from the Black Lagoon UK edition. I saw some folks posting online on the facebook and on twitter and stuff and i'm so 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 appreciative of it uh it really means the world to me uh thank you uh thank you thank you thank you uh you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month you can sign up for our newsletter get extra reading glasses goodness in your in your inbox every month uh there's a link in the show notes before we talk about poetry collections we're gonna take a quick break Are you a proud cat person? Mallory and I both are. We both have really lovely cats, two cats each. And let me tell you, you can love your cat, but that doesn't mean you have to love that litter box that sits in your home, in the corner, in the bathroom, wherever it is. Maybe you're kind of embarrassed about it. Well, hey, don't worry. Kitty Poo Club can take care of that for you. They can take care of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership. So you can get back to snuggling and kissing on and loving on your furry friend. Kitty Poo Club is an all-in-one litter box solution designed to be convenient for you. Every month, Kitty Poo Club delivers an affordable, high-quality, recyclable, we know y'all like that, litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice. When the month is up, you just recycle the box and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one for you. No changing of the litter, no more cleaning the box, which is my least favorite part. Even though I live in a place where it's sunny and nice, I don't like taking that box outside, cleaning it out with the high pressure hose, letting it dry. And the cat is like, where's my litter box? No more. You don't have to deal with that anymore. So give yourself the gift that keeps on giving the whole year, a kitty poop club subscription. You know you love when the stuff just shows up at your house. So right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering you 20% off your first order when you set up AutoShip by going to kittypooclub.com and entering promo code GLASSES. Go to kittypooclub.com and enter promo code GLASSES to get 20% off when you set up AutoShip. Again, one more time, for those in the cheap seats, it's kittypooclub.com. And don't forget to enter that promo glasses so they know that we sent you. Get the 20% off. Enter that at checkout. 
Hey, kid. Your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on MaximumFun.org. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Who? This week, we're checking off another box on the 2021 Reading Glasses Challenge, Read a Poetry Collection. Uh, Bria has been working on reading more poetry collections, and I've been floating in her wake, picking up the ones that she really loved. Um, Because it's something we both wanted to read more of, we figured it would be a fun thing to include in the 2021 challenge. Yeah, so let's talk about why poetry is good for you. I know y'all like the logical reasoning, so here you go. Uh, like all reading, it improves your vocabulary and your verbal skills. Yay. But it also uh, triggers emotions and memories in the same way that music does. So they've actually done studies uh, that they, that look at your brain. And when you read, when you're reading poetry and particularly poetry you like, that's what the study found. It has to be something you relate to. It kind of, it, it makes that part of your brain light up um, that also lights up when you hear music, which is a totally different area than other verbal parts of your brain. Um, and because it triggers these uh, emotions and memories, it can make you more em- empathetic and more insightful. Um, it can also help you deal with your own personal mental health issues. There's an article uh, that I read that I can wow. post um, that specifically talks about how it de- can help people deal with depression as you read it or as you write it because people are often talking about their own depression or their own feelings. It can help you sort of work through them uh, writing or reading, um, which is pretty cool. And it also, um, in general, it creates, uh, helps there to be less stigma around those issues if you think about it because when we're talking about great artists or great poets uh, who talk very openly about their depression, we're going to be like, oh, look at that, that person who I respect has depression. So it, it, it can kind of take away from the stigma of mental health issues. Um, wow. Lots of great poetry reasons to read poetry. Cl- cleared my skin, made, <laughs> <laughs> lowered my cholesterol. Incredible. Balanced your hormones, helped you sleep at night. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so Bria, why do, why do you want to read more poetry besides all this amazing health benefits? I mean, for me, I, I think I started doing this last year because it was something I just, I'm I'm not very well versed in. And I felt like uh, in a similar way, um, I mean, this is just me, but when I first started in the film industry, I hadn't read that many scripts and I hadn't read that many plays. And I, I spent a lot of time trying to read a lot of stuff like that because I was like, oh, this is something I'm interested in, but I'm not well versed in it. So um, that's what started me getting interested in reading poetry. And now after I read some, I'm like, wow, I feel better for doing that. And maybe it's the reasons above that I just talked about. Um, But also it's kind of like when I go to an art museum, like it takes a lot to get me to an art museum. I am like, oh, I got to get dressed. I got to find parking. I got to, I got to, I got (laughs) to like, oh, I got to get, what, what hall do I choose? Which art do I care about? Like it's always like such a whole thing. And I only go when like, 
someone in town, usually my friend Cassandra or my friend Shioke are in town and they make me go to the museum. Um, but then when I go, I'm like, oh, I'm so inspired. Why don't I do this all the time? And and it's, it's both <laughs> inspiring both for me artistically, but also in my everyday life. It just adds something. And I, it's not quantifiable. It's not something I can point to and be like, oh, I became... I can do more sit-ups now. It's not something I can like quantify, <laughs> you know, but I can feel it in my bones that it has made me uh, in- better in some way and has improved my life. Because look, we're only on this earth for like so long. So I think we have to live it to the greatest extent possible. And and consuming art is something that I know makes me very happy and also opens my eyes to things that I don't normally think about. Um, and... So I should do it all of the time that it, I know it makes me happier, even though sometimes when I'm getting even a poetry book, I'm like, ooh, got to crack this poetry book open because this is not going to be science fiction. And, uh, <laughs> and it feels like such a challenge. Um, but then once I do it, I'm like, wow, I, I love that. I love that poem. I felt so I feel so good about it. Um, what about you? Uh, why do you want to read mo- more poetry? I know this is going to be a big thing for you. This is a big this is going to be a big change. It is a big change. Um, I feel I have a really hard time reading poetry because I read too fast. That's really the, the long and short of it. I always just rush through it instead of just sitting there and going, ah, yes, the mm-hmm. bird is sitting on the branch. I'm just like, Meow, and like read the whole, I'm really bad at, at slowing down and savoring things. I am bad at, like I eat too fast. I read too fast. Like everything I do, I just like, I, I'm not great at, at savoring things. Um, it's the exact problem I used to have with graphic novels. I would just read all the words and like barely look at the art, which is mm-hmm. so sad and stupid. <laughs> it's like such a waste, especially because it helps that I'm dating someone who writes comics now. And um, But I really, it took me a while to sort of uh, under, like be cognizant of the fact that the art is the other half of the equation. It's not just like in addition to the words, it is just as important as important to telling the story. Um, I'm a lot better about it now. I really enjoy reading graphic novels and I want to do the same thing with poetry instead of zipping through it. It's just ridiculous. It's so silly that I can't sit and like savor each line. Um, so, you know, it's this part of the challenge is perfect for me to learn how to like calm the fuck down and enjoy diction and pace and all the meticulous parts of the craft of poetry, you know, and each word because poetry is so much about different like where the spacing, the formatting, the word choice, the structure. Um, and that's not something that you can zip through. And um, this is definitely a huge challenge for me. And that's kind of part kind of why I'm, I'm excited for it. So so what are you going to read for for the poetry challenge? There's two books I've flagged for this. Uh, one is called There Are More Beautiful Things Than Beyonce by Morgan Parker. Uh, it's her second book of poetry, and it's about black American womanhood. And um, it just sounded cool. Um, I like the title. Thought it sounded rad. Uh, and then the second one is a book of poetry uh, that uh, by an essayist that you and I both write, like, who's also apparently a poet. Uh, Hanifa Dirakib wrote one called um, The Crown Ain't Worth Much, and I think that's his first. Is it out yet? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm put- hold on. I'm putting that on hold at the library right yeah, now. Yeah, it's we at the library. I saw love it. love him. God, we should get him on the show because mm-hmm. we both love him so we much. We do. We do. I love him. Uh, so I'm going to try both of these. Um, and although, listen, y'all, I'm open to suggestions. Send me your suggestions, particularly if they involve drawings or pictures with the poetry. I like art with my poems. That's what I, something I know about myself. Uh, so... Um, 
totally open to other suggestions. Uh, what about you? What What are you going to read for this one? I just put a hold on the <laughs> as much. Uh, I'm super excited. Um, so I'm going to read The Black Unicorn by Audrey Lord. Uh, I got a hold on it at the library and I'm s- wicked excited about it. Uh, I ended up having to do some research on Audrey L- Lord for girly drinks, weirdly enough, um, because I there's a whole um, one of the things that I, I did a lot of research on and worked hard um, uh, to, to write about in girly drinks was the history of lesbian bars and um, – there was a bar, um, the Sea Colony in New York uh, in the 70s, 60s or 70s, maybe 80s. Um, and it, like in one of the things I was reading about, it was like, oh, like a lot of famous poets went here. And one of them was Audre Lorde. And I was like, that is cool as fuck. And I was like, I've never read any Audre Lorde. Uh, so I listened to the audiobook for Sister Outsider and I loved it. Um, and I was like, wow, I wish this shit was assigned to me in school. It is bonkers that I had to read fucking you know, two, two books by Nathaniel Hawthorne, but I didn't get to read any Audrey Lord. Um, she's just amazing. And I saw that she had some poetry collections. So I figured this would be perfect for this part of the challenge. So I'm really excited. I love her, her nonfiction. I love her memoir writing. I love her nonfiction writing. Um, it, so yeah, I'm, I think I'm assuming her poetry is going to be fantastic. Um, I've never read any of her poetry either, so that that's I'm curious about that. Um, and if you don't like poetry, remember there are many different genres of poetry. There's erotic poetry, scary poetry, genre poetry. You can probably find a poetry collection uh, in anything that you like. Uh, yeah, there's actually quite a few horror poetry collections I almost talked about for this episode. I'll, I'll still actually probably read them. Um, literally just Google horror poetry. There is a bunch, I think Book Riot did a whole article of like top 10 horror poetry collections. Um, like it's weird. We, we, I think so many of us have this one particular idea of what poetry is, um, when really, I mean, you can have sci-fi poetry about aliens and spaceships you can have horror poetry about monsters like poetry is a form that you can use to tell any kind of story uh that you want yeah speaking of sci-fi poetry uh there is a sci-fi poetry book coming out that i have on my list it comes out in march called home is not a country which i was like yeah that sounds cool and i marked it earlier this year because i was like this could be cool even if we weren't doing this challenge Uh, and if you're not sure about which author to pick, remember, there's a ton of poetry anthologies, like an absolute metric shit ton. Uh, there's even a Best American Poetry Anthology that comes out every year that I think is definitely worth reading for folks who either really like poetry or want to get into poetry. Because you can't, like, it's amazing. You just, uh, the Best American Poetry there, then you can, uh, you know, if there's an author in there that you like, you can pick another collection by them. Um, also, if you were impressed, like every person should have been by uh, with Amanda Gorman during the inauguration. You can pre-order her poetry collection. I think it comes out since September 21st. Maybe it was just September 2021, but I'm pretty sure it comes out in September. And it includes the poem that she read uh, during the inauguration, but also, you know, other poems. And uh, she's incredible. I think that was absolutely my favorite part of the inauguration. She listen. She she brought poetry back. She made it hot. Now everyone's talking <laughs> I, about poetry. We didn't know that it was going to be such a hot topic, uh, but Amanda I Gorman know. really made it. I mean, when have you ever been able to figure out who your uh, poet laureate is? I mean, we most of the time I have no idea. Although she's, I guess, the the teen uh, teen po- one poet laureate, which is a new thing. I looked it up because I was like, how long have we had one of those? We've only. I think she's the first one. 
Yeah, and she's from L.A., actually, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could pre-order that. Read it in September. So you can send your thoughts on poetry collections to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we answer a recommendation request, we're going to take a quick break. Wow. I cannot say enough good things about this product that I'm about to share with you. Do you want to slip into a coma? Not really, not a real coma, not a real coma. You know, that that would be actually bad. But the sleep where you fall asleep and you're like, wow, I just had a great night's rest. I can't believe that I slept through my dog pattering around my room all night and the cats fighting, that kind of sleep coma. Well, guess what? If that sounds like something you need, then coma inducer comforters are for you. What makes these coma inducer comforters so special is the giant size. They're huge. You have no idea. Mallory and I both got them in the mail. We were shocked at how big these are. Queen is actually king size. King is huge. And the coma inducer comforters are made with cozy plush bedding material that makes getting out of bed basically impossible. No one, I already don't want to get out of bed. This helped even more. And can I just say, Mallory and I, true story, both texted each other and were like, man, our cats love these blankets. Like we, they love these comforters. These cats love the comforters. And my cat, who I've been having trouble getting to socialize with everyone else because she's a new cat, uh, has decided that the coma inducer comforter is her spot. So she sleeps on it all day long. She doesn't want to be anywhere else. These things are cozy. They're fuzzy. Uh, they're heavy. So they give you that heavy sleep. Oh, they're so wonderful. I love this comforter. I never want a different comforter. Uh, so if you want coma worthy sleep, visit coma inducer dot com slash glasses to receive free shipping on any order. And let me just tell you, these are giant blankets. You want that free shipping. They're very huge. They come in a huge box. Uh, so once again, that's coma, C-O-M-A, inducer, I-N-D-U-C-E-R dot com slash glasses to receive free shipping on any order. Glasses. We are the host of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and now, nearly 10 years into our podcast, the secret can be revealed. All the clues are in place, and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin. Embedded in each episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me is a micro-clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones all around this big, beautiful blue world of ours. So start coming through the episodes. Uh, let's say starting at episode 101 on. Yeah, the early episodes are pretty problematic, so there's no clues in those episodes no no not at all the better ones the good ones clues ahoy listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence laugh if you must but mainly get all the great clues my brother my brother me it's an advice show kind of but a treasure hunt mainly anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps my brother my brother me the hunt is on
time to answer our recommendation request from one of our listeners. Brandon writes in, I have a request. There is a video game called Horizon Zero Dawn where the setting is in a post-apocalyptic world where nature has taken back over, plus cool robot animals. It has been so long that everyone has forgotten about the world before. The main character goes on an adventure of discovery about her past and the world as a whole, and I was wondering if you guys have any book recommendations that might match this description. Thanks. You guys rule. Um, Bria, what should Brandon read for this? Okay, so basically Brandon has a video game that he really likes and he wants a book that kind of matches it. Is that the idea? Yes. So go yes, along with I'm this I'm all about. Video. I love a read-alike for, for things that aren't books. Great. Random things. Very <laughs> funny. Love it. Um, so I'm going to say there's a book called Bannerless by Carrie Vaughn. It's a post-apocalyptic book. Um, and uh, there's this woman... Uh, and basically people kind of live in these like small little colonies with like 12 people, but the world has completely grown back over. Um, it's it's It basically takes place in this post-apocalyptic world in which nature is sort of taken back over, but people live in these very small colonies of like 12 or 20 or something like that. And there's this woman who's in charge of mediating disputes within these little communities. Um, and she goes to one and there's this whole mystery element. Um, and there's rules about within each each colony about like how whether or not they can have children and, uh, and, and all this kind of stuff. So it's a cool, like, it's a cool... Woman on a journey slash mystery slash post-apocalyptic kind of sounds like this world that you're thinking about where like nature's taken back over. Um, if you're looking for a really nature is taken back over, but also robots, I'd recommend <laughs> Sea of Rust by C. Robert Cargill. Um, it's instead of a woman on a journey, it's a robot on a journey. Uh, <laughs> and it's the world is is uh is is completely Taken over by taken over by nature and robots, and it's very very apocalyptic. Um, it's like, it's basically I I think of it as like a dark Wally. Uh, so I think either of those could definitely be cool read alongs with this video game. Uh, what what do you suggest for Brandon? Uh, I mean, this is definitely your we, your area of expertise. Uh, but I was thinking maybe God's Monsters and the Lucky Peach by Kelly mm. Robson. Remember our uh, first book club pick. Um, it's a novella, so it's it's shorter, easy read. It's set in this far future world where the Earth has been like eco fucked, <laughs> uh, and humans only live in these biodomes on Earth. Um, and the main characters, their job is to sort of travel back in time, like back to like the Tigris and the Euphrates River area. Uh, to and they're trying traveling back to I think it's two hundred BCE um, to find some technology that might save them. But it's definitely like cool robot stuff, cool monstery stuff. Um, and that same sort of world that is like, it's like post post apocalyptic. Yeah. I, I like the term eco fucked you just came up with. Cause that is what it <laughs> is. It's that the, it's like, it's almost like we screwed up so badly, but now nature has taken back over. Yes. Nature's mm -hmm. like, all right. Earth is like, okay, motherfuckers, you really screwed this one up. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to take back over. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantastic book. Very fast paced. We loved it when we did read it for the book club. And I think it might scratch the same sort of itch that, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is, is, uh, is scratching for Brandon. Also folks, please keep writing in with these recommendation requests for things that aren't books or for books that are like things that aren't books. Cause they're very amusing to me. And yeah, I, yeah, give I, us I like some it. weird one too. That's like the chair in your living room that you're like, I want something to go with this, uh, random piece of art that lives in my house. <laughs> 
My favorite thing that I've been seeing a lot lately uh, that that a lot of publishers have been doing is like, oh, do you like this? Sh- this actually, my my publisher did this, um, and I I only knew about it because I got tagged in it. Is somebody was like, oh, you like Bridgerton on Netflix? Here's recommend book recommendations for each character, and somebody recommended Lady from the Black Lagoon for the the character who's like writes things. I don't I don't I, I, I've never that. seen it. Um, but I think that is really interesting. So if you have a show that you like and want us to pick out character books for that I can, each character would read, I am extremely down for that. Very much. Uh, you can send your recommendation request to our reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Now let's solve a bookish problem from Danny. Danny writes in, I have been running a book club for a year now. I want to do fun activities or games or prizes, but unfortunately my group isn't as big of a book nerd as I am because they want easy with no cost, no effort, and they're lucky to even finish one book a month. Do you have any ideas that I could do for my members? I want to make it fun for both them and me. Bria, what should Danny do? So, I mean, look, I'm sorry. I think a lot of book clubs suffer from this. Um, There are always people who don't finish the book, people who don't come, people who don't like the book. This is just the problem of getting people and humans together and human personalities together in a group. And and I think it's okay. I think you just have to meet people where they are. And I wonder if if you're having a lot of people who aren't finishing every month, you need to go to every other month to give them time to read uh, or maybe go down to a novella or something like that. That way everyone can participate in the conversation. But also... I will say in my book club, there's always a couple of people who are like, I didn't finish this because I didn't like it. And like, that's okay too, because then you can talk about why they didn't like it or why they didn't finish it, you know? And I think that that is also an interesting conversation to have. Uh, a fun game I was trying to think of, uh, of a fun game, uh, could be just something about the author or the time period or the subject of the book and get a, give out a prize, like do some sort of like little quiz game, you know, like a, like a, oh, if you're, if you're doing it on, you know, some book that takes place in England in the 1800s, ask questions about that era or something. Um, But I will say one big motivator for my book club, I know is not the books, but it's the social interaction. People are showing up because they want to spend 10 minutes at the beginning. And this, we all go via Zoom right now. So, uh, but 10 minutes at the beginning of the Zooms, just catching up, being like, how are you? How was this? How, I saw this on your Instagram, you know, or whatever. And then the last 10 minutes or so, just talking about what we've been reading besides the book from the book club or what we're watching. We talk about that a lot. And since we just read The Stand last year, we actually had a whole conversation about that recently that took up a lot of time because we wanted to talk about how The Stand um, TV show compared to The Stand, the book. Um, So having it, I mean, just talking about books is very fun. And obviously we all really like that. But I think acknowledging that there are people who are probably just coming because they like you and they like the people who come and they just want friends and they want to talk <laughs> and have like these and form friendships as well. Um, it's about the book, but it's also about the friendships you make along the way. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, keep the that in book mind. club was the friends we made along I, the way. I also think a motivator is something like that, like, I wouldn't suggest reading The Stand if people can't get through a book in a month. And and by the way, when we read The Stand, we took two months to do it. So that was the other thing. Like, I mean, not everyone has as much time, has as, much time as I do. And uh, so a lot of people, they're listening to The Stand or whatever, and it, it takes a couple months to get through it uh, or to get through. If it's a book over 300 pages, we give people two months to get through it. Um, That's smart. Yeah, and, and I think uh, having... Uh, a TV show to watch alongside it or having the movie or something like that uh, is also kind of a motivator for people. So you can always have that as like a um, 
uh, a way to get people excited. But um, I don't know. I think a quiz game that has something to do with the book uh, and then giving away little bookmark prizes or something along those lines could be cool. I didn't really answer the question. Uh, wh- what do you think, Mallory? Do you have a better answer answer for, for Danny? Um, well, first, I, I want to say that Danny is a super reader. Uh, and I also, I, I understand this problem. I'm sure Bria, you do too, is someone who A, reads a lot, but also has a lot of time to read. Uh, it's okay to read one book a month. That's like what most readers read. Incorrect. Like that's a normal most reading pe- schedule. Most people read less than a book a month. Wow. Okay. Well, Mallory, we've covered this it- on the show many times. Most people read like maybe, maybe a book a year. Like the average person reads like a book a year. Well, I'm th- I guess I'm thinking about like the per- average person who like is in a, in, in a book club in sure. the reader community. Um, sure. If you like join a book club, yeah, you would think maybe you would read a book a month. But yeah, again, I mean, I think it's it's all about how much time people have and, and, and how long yeah. the books are you're reading. Yeah. So I think finding a game that's like low pressure will be the most fun for everybody. Um, so I started thinking about all kinds of fun games, but I'm not sure what books Danny book club reads so it's tough to suggest games that might involve it because like what if it's a really serious or sad book like doing a fun game about it might not work (laughs) it uh might be a little weird if it's like i don't know by night uh or something like maybe let's not do a fun (laughs) guessing game about it um so i'm thinking something more general one because i don't know what kind of books it is but also that way people can participate in the games even if they didn't finish the book and they like I, I don't I, I don't want members of Danny's book club to be like oh I'm not going to come this week because I didn't finish the book and I can't participate so I can't participate in the games um so maybe something that's like getting to know everybody's reading tastes like writing a bunch of different book questions on pieces of paper and everyone has to pick one out and take turns out answering like what's your wheelhouse favorite book where do you like to read what book world would you like to live in um it's a great way to get, like you said, it's a good way to get conversation going. And that's really the point of a book club. Um, just like getting to know other people, what they like about reading, what they don't like about reading. That also will probably help you find, pick books that are better suited to everybody's tastes. Once you really get to know everybody's tastes as a reader. Uh, also, if you want to do prizes, I found this really cute game online. It's called Word Wordplay. And you write the first letter of each word in an expression and have everyone guess what it is like k the b is kick the bucket um and you like put you would like pull it out pull out an index card that said k the b on it and put it in front of everyone and whoever guesses it first gets a prize like a bookmark or whatever and again it's really fun it's something that every like entry level game that everybody can play even if they didn't read the book um and i, I mean i love word games i am bonkers about word games word games and puzzle games i'm really into them i'll put a link uh, in the show notes to um like a better breakdown of, of the rules and stuff i like this idea though of like encouraging people to like giving them just slightly a little bit of homework of like hey let's figure out what your wheelhouse is you know or or, yeah. or something like that where you're kind of encouraging people or like take a picture of your bookshelf and we're going to uh share that with everybody you know something like that i don't know something fun that people can do that kind of like encourages them to be to live their bookish life to their fullest and full the fullest extent (laughs) i love that live the bookish life be the bookish be the book nerd that you always want to be the book nerd you want to see in the world uh so if you have 
uh, a reader problem that you want us to solve, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. Also, because I saw a discussion about this uh, recently on the uh, Reading Glasses Facebook group, which is the only thing I look at on Facebook now. I like pop my head in there every once in a while to see if there's any questions that I can answer. We are a Libro FM affiliate. We love working with Libro FM. They're fantastic. And if you sign up for our membership with our code, which is in the show notes, it's not under the sponsors because they're not a sponsor. We're an affiliate of them. So it's just in the regular links. Um, If you get a membership by clicking on that, using that code glasses and clicking on that link, um, we, it, it supports us and it supports indie bookstores. It supports Libro FM. It's like a win, win, win. Uh, we're really excited about it. We, we love doing it. So, and also if you love the show, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's free. It's great for us. It makes us, uh, look very fancy to new listeners and new advertisers alike. You can re- uh, email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Uh, thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for reading. For reading.